lasting change in our lives. And that's what we talked about. But he was demonstrating that he is the strong man. Um, we got to realize that, you know, we are still spiritual beings living a natural experience. And there's still a spirit realm that we have to be mindful of and careful of because it's just, it's the way that it is. God is spirit and they that worship him must worship him, what? In spirit and in truth. So we're spiritual beings. But as Jesus was doing that and ministering, right after that in verse 27, a woman stood up, an unnamed woman, and she said, blessed is the womb that bore you in the breast that nursed you. So he was ministering and telling this stuff and showing his power, and a woman stood up and said that. But Jesus had to remind everybody, he said, more than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. And so not only, you know, the Catholics pray to Mary and, and think Mary is blessed, and it's not that Mary is not blessed, but he said, you'll be even more blessed than Mary if you hear God's word and keep it. Then he goes on to this dissertation, and I'm just moving us forward till we get to our text. He starts talking about the evil generation. He starts saying this generation is evil because they're looking for a sign. They're looking for more proof. Uh, they're looking for more light. And many times we, we try to blame it on the light. We say the light in the room isn't good. That's why we can't see. And this is what he, they were talking about. He says, I'm not giving anybody else a sign. The only sign you're going to get is the sign of Jonah. And we know in the book of Jonah, Jonah was in the belly of the, of the fish for three days, which symbolized the resurrection that Jesus was saying, I'm going to rise in three days. And that's the only sign that, that you're going to get. But he was pointing out to them that even the Ninevites and all their wickedness and all their nastiness and all their dirtiness, when Jonah came to them, they repented. <laughs> they realized that they, they were messed up and they repented. And then he talks to them about the queen of Sheba in 1 Kings chapter 10, where the queen of Sheba traveled a far distance to go and find Solomon because she had heard about Solomon's wisdom and Solomon's kingdom. And she went to him and asked him all kinds of questions. And the Bible said that Solomon was able to answer all of her questions. And she said, you know, everything that people talk about you doesn't even do justice to how wise you are and to how expansive and how in order your kingdom is. And so what Jesus was telling them is that one greater than Jonah and one greater than Solomon is standing right in front of you and you're too blind to see it. Light and darkness are universal experiences. We all see light and we all see dark times. But we know that light reveals and darkness conceals. All right? Light reveals. You know, some of us, you might have grew up in the hood, you know, the middle of the night, you went to the kitchen, turned the light on, the cockroaches, they kind of went their own way, right? <laughs> Just the inner city folk I'm talking to. <laughs> and they was waiting for you to turn the light off so they can come back out and finish what they was doing. But the light reveals. That's why we have the expression to shed a little light on something. It, it, it reveals and darkness conceals. We do things under the cover of darkness. They say the freaks come out at night. You know, you do stuff in the, in the, in the dark. So that people can't see exactly what's going on. We even wear dark clothing, right, to conceal certain things, right? Wear that black dress, it conceals things. It has a slimming illusion, huh? It's an illusion <laughs> because the reality still is what it is. But it gives us the illusion that things are a little bit different. Darkness can conceal. But Jesus was telling them, he said, listen, in Luke chapter 8, 17, he says, for nothing in secret that will not be revealed, nothing, now anything hidden that will not be known and come to the light. John 8, 12, Jesus says to them, I am the light of the world. 
He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. We got to realize that Jesus makes it lit. You got to understand that the problem is not light. The problem is, is our sight sometimes. That's what Jesus was saying. He said, you don't put a light or a lamp and put it in, under the ground or hide it in a secret place, but you put it on a lampstand so that everybody can see. And Jesus was telling them, he said, listen, I'm not hiding. I, I, I'm in plain sight. I'm, I'm lighting up the world. There's plenty of light. It's not, it's not a light problem. It's a sight problem. You see me casting out devils. I'm casting out demons that you couldn't even remove. I'm, I'm healing the sick. People who are mute and deaf are speaking and hearing the miracles are happening. I'm feeding thousands of people with just two fish and five loaves of bread. I'm doing all of these things. I'm raising people from the dead, but yet you're still saying you need a sign. You're still saying, I need more light. And other people see, he's telling you, listen, the problem is not the light. The problem is your sight. He's explaining, listen, Psalms 19 to 1, he says, the heavens declare the glory of God. And the firmament shows his handiwork. In other words, we can clearly see what God has done. Romans 1, 18 to 20 says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and righteousness, because what may be known of God is manifested in them. In other words, the light is there to see it, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. He was saying, God is saying, I'm showing you. There's plenty of light. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. The the problem's not light, it is sight. The lamp, he goes on to say, the lamp of the body is the eye. Somebody say the eye. He says, when your eye is good, it is full of light. When your eye is bad, it is full of darkness. In other words, you are what you see. You are what you see. Isn't it amazing how two people can look at the exact same thing <laughs> and see two different things? Some people look at a, ha a glass that's half full and they say the glass is half full. Some people say the what? The glass is half empty. People looked at Jesus and some say, look, he's the, he could be the promised Messiah. Some looked at him and said he's a blaspheming criminal. They saw the exact same things, exact same miracles, exact same person, but they came to two different conclusions. What Jesus is saying is, it's your eyesight. It's your eyesight that determines how you see things. So in our next season, if we're going to see better, number one, we have to have pinpoint focus on Jesus. We have to have pinpoint focus on Jesus. Whenever I go to the, to the doctor with my my daughter, they always have her sit down and start reading the chart. And she'll read the chart as best she can. And then they'll say, now, put the little hole. They'll put the thing down in the little hole. And when you look through that little hole, it starts to get better. You know, as she was mumbling off some, some letters, but when she puts that little pinpoint hole, her, her vision starts to get better. This is what God is saying to us. If we're going to see better, we have to start focusing on Jesus. See, Colossians 1.15 says he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. So we can look at him because he is the very image of the invisible God. And oftentimes in life, we want to say, God, we need our needs met. How many know that everybody needs to be loved? Let me realize that. It's, it's a condition for our life. But the Bible says in Jeremiah 13, he says, yes, I have loved you 
with an everlasting love. But if you look at Jesus, Jesus never said to us, I love you. He just demonstrated to us, come on now, that he loves us. While we were yet sinners, he died for us. So we don't have to necessarily hear the words that I love you. We got to see the actions. Hello, somebody. Am I talking to anybody? Sometimes are you tired of hearing the words I love you, but their actions go the opposite direction? See, but we can look at Jesus that he doesn't necessarily have to say, I love you, I love you. He can just show us. We can look at Calvary's cross, huh? Who else died for you? Who else shed their blood for you? Who else stepped out of eternity and came into time to give his life for you and I? Only Jesus. We got to take that pinpoint focus. Look at what Jesus has done. He didn't just talk it, but he walked it. Jeremiah, God says, I love you. He demonstrated by getting on a cross for you and I. That's the love of Jesus. We need our needs met. Yes, we need love. But guess, when we look and focus on Jesus, we can see that Jesus loves me. Somebody say, Jesus loves me. Second thing we need, we need water. Anybody need water? Without water, they say you will die within a few days. But that's why John 7 and 37, he says, if any man thirst, let him come to me and give you something to drink. So in other words, he said, I will give you the water. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Jesus meets our needs. He provides water for us. Anybody hungry sometimes? You need some food, right? That's why John 6, 35 says, he says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. I don't care how hungry you are. If your spirit is hungry, Jesus will feed you because he is the bread of life. How many know that it's hard sometimes to put food on the table? Anybody been there? When you go to Sam's Club or whatever, and that's $300, $400, like, oh, my Lord, y'all got to stop eating. Everybody here got to start fasting. Everybody got to have water. You don't need juice. You don't need <laughs> just, just have water, a piece of bread for a day, and let's keep it moving. It's expensive to feed, but Jesus feeds us every single day. He gave the children of Israel manna from heaven, and he gives us himself every single day. Let's look. <laughs> just look at it. Sometimes when, when, when you were growing up, you thought your parents were cheap. Because they didn't want to buy certain things. Was that just me? You thought your parents were cheap? But you just want to show your kids, just look at how much this costs. If, if, you, if you would just look about how much everything you want costs, you might understand in your immature self. But God says, just, just look at Jesus, how much it costs to give us the bread of life. And he was willing to pay the sacrifice to give us what we need. Looking at Jesus. How many know that we need protection? That's why Psalms 3 and 3 says, but you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the one who lifts my head. In the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run in and what? They are saved. He is our protection. So we can look at Jesus and see that he is every single thing that we need. If you want to see better in this next season, start focusing on Jesus. If you want to see better for this next season in your life, just have that pinpoint focus on Jesus. See, because bad eyes won't see Jesus for who he is. See, the Pharisees could see everything, but they didn't want to see it. Come on in here. You ever been dating somebody that was cheating on you? You knew he was cheating, but you ain't want to... I talk over here. You didn't want to see it. You see what I'm saying? It's there. The evidence is right there, but you just did not want to see it. You turned what we call a what? A blind eye to it. Come on in here. Y'all getting quiet in here. You, we, we see what we want to see. It's not a light problem. It's a sight problem. 
Come on in here. It's quiet. I know y'all worship and pray, but you got to work with me today. It's not a light problem. The evidence is there. Your girlfriend told you. They saw it with their own eyes, but you ain't want to see it. (laughs) It's a sight problem. Some of us, we're paying too much attention to the problem. Come on in here. We specialize in focusing on the problem. Anybody been there? We can describe the problem in and out, up and down. We know the problem, but we don't know Jesus. You see what I'm saying? We, we focus too much on the problem and don't focus on Jesus. Sometimes we think our problem's too big for Jesus. We think that our financial situation is too, too deep for him to get me out of. We think that our emotional pain is, is too hurtful that there's no way Jesus could deal with my issue. But realize Jesus can handle every single... It's stop looking at the problem. I know your problem's roaring. I know your problem's growling at you. I know your problem's trying to get you in fear. But if you just keep your eye on Jesus... Just look at how great Jesus is. Just, just look at how wonderful Jesus is. Just look about what a redeemer he is. Just look about how constant he is. Just look at how, how faithful he is. Just look about how true he is. Just look about how pure he is. Study him with a pinpoint detail. Don't worry about your problem. And we'll start seeing better. Somebody say seeing better. Sometimes we don't, we don't want to look at Jesus because looking at him interferes with some of our personal preferences. <laughs> Let's be truthful, huh? Sometimes I don't look at Jesus because I want to keep doing what I'm doing. <laughs> but I'm just here to encourage you, stop worrying about your personal preferences and just look at Jesus. You got to look at him because he knows what's best. You got to look at him because he's never made a mistake. You got to look at him because he cannot lie. Not that he will not lie, but he cannot lie. Every word that comes out of his mouth is just, just look at, just look at him. You ever go to doctor and say, look here, right? This is what Jesus is saying. Just look here. We'll see better. I got to move on. Second thing. We need a church to understand that we need to have to have a church that can see. Did you hear that? We need a church that can see. Revelations chapter 3. Jesus tells the church of Laodicea, he says, I'd rather you be hot or cold. But if you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. See, and we, we're seeing that even in, in today's nation. It used to be that everybody, we talked about this last week too, everybody said they were a Christian. Why? Because grandpapa was a preacher. That doesn't make you a Christian, but we all identified with Christianity. But we're living in a world where people are no longer doing that. People are choosing just to call themselves spiritual. People are choosing to do all kinds of other things, but not identifying. But that, that's okay, because God said, I'd rather you be hot or I'd rather you be cold. But if you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out in my mouth. Listen, we got to have a church that has vision. And we got to understand that it's, sometimes it's easier to reach an immoral person than it is a moral person. It is. People who are jacked up know they jacked up, right? <laughs> I'm drunk. You see me here drunk. <laughs> we don't got to pretend like, come on here. You see, you see what I'm saying? They know it. But folk who, who, who think they're so morally high, religious folk, come on in here, church. You can't tell them. They, they can't see <laughs> how jacked up they are because their own. 
this is what he says is that we, he says you need to check whether what you're calling light is really light and not darkness. That's why Jesus says in Revelation 3, he says, you got to put eye ointment on your eyes so that you can start to see if you're going to be the church that I've called for you to be. We got to understand that the blind can't lead the blind. Matthew 15, Jesus was preaching and the Pharisees got in their feelings over what he was preaching. The disciples came to Jesus and said, Jesus, man, the Pharisees, they in their feelings about what you said. He said, man, just leave them jokers alone. He said, they're blind leaders of the blind. And when the blind leaves the blind, both of them will end up in a ditch. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm not trying to go into a ditch. <laughs> See, we can't have blind dads at home. We can't have blind fathers at home leading their families into a ditch. We, we can't have blind mothers at home leading their children into a ditch. We can't have blind pastors in the pulpit and in ministry leading the church straight into a ditch. Come on in here, somebody. We can't have the blind leading the blind. We can't have blind Christians trying to be salt and light in the earth. You can't even lead your own self, talk, let alone lead somebody else to Jesus. We can't have a blind church. The church has to be able to see so that we can know where we're going to capitalize on what God has placed in front of us. We can't be blind. You have to have a vision for your family. Where are y'all going? <laughs> you end up nowhere if you don't know where you're going. That what Buckley said, where are you going? I don't know, but I'm on my way. Blind can't lead the blind. To see better, we have to move the blinders out of the way. Psalms 101 and 3 says, I will set nothing wicked before my eyes. So if there's something wicked in front of me, I, I got to move it out of the way. And, and, and we got to check to see that things that we're calling light are really light and not darkness. You know, and I said this before, our, our religion... It's oftentimes darkness and not light. You're not hearing me. It's often darkness and not light. And I just, just got confirmed last night. I was watching something with my wife. With, what's they Save my life or fix my life. Iyana, whatever. It's Van Zandt. <laughs> the, pay, the, the pay sisters were on there. And they were talking about the, the, the brokenness that was in their family. And there was issues of molestation and stuff. But ain't nobody saying nothing. For years. You singing across the world. Albums. You talk about not wearing pants. <laughs> what? You were molested, but you're not, you can't talk about it. Because you, you, you're you in the, are you serious now? You can't go to college because God's not in college? Somebody tell the devil to get out of here. What, what are you talking about? <laughs> but religion, huh? We, we singing. We got skirts on to our ankles. <laughs> but, but we're broke. <laughs> we're hurt. We're abused. But religion, everything's good, right? Right? I came to Bible study on Wednesday, right? 
we blind. Religion's blind. It, it, it'll just blind you from seeing the healing power of, of who Jesus is. That's why Jesus got <laughs> livid with the Pharisees. He, when that woman called adultery came to, he, didn't, he did not criticize her. He said nothing evil or ill of the woman. He said, woman, your sins are be forgiven. You go and sin no more. When the Pharisees came, he said, you vipers, you, you hypocrites. Why? Because they were hindering people from experiencing Jesus. And anybody or anything that hinders people from experiencing the power of Jesus has got to get out of the way. Jesus ain't playing with that nonsense. He said, I'm not giving who I am and being who I am for, for somebody to blind my people. If it's a problem, get it out the way. We, we got, if, it's, if it's religion, we got to get religion out the way. It's about relationship with the true God. That's what we're looking for. That's what people need. This ain't a hiding place. The church is not a place to hide because you jacked up. And we can put on the, we can put on the fake garments that, that things have changed and we still as broken as when we came 10 years ago. That's not what, that's not what this is. I'm not trying to be harsh. I'm really trying to help us to have vision for, for a new season. See, some of us are money. We think money's light. No, it's darkness. <laughs> Come on in here. I, I told you I like money. I, if you don't want your money, give it to me. I've told you that a lot of times. I don't have a problem with that. It's not the problem. But back in the 80s when, when the drug cartels down in Miami, they used to have rooms stacked full of money. You couldn't even see in the room there's so much money. Some of us, you know, we, we got so much money that we can't see nothing. It's just, it's just money. We just want to see money keep coming. I mean, it's not wrong with money, but if money's got you blinded that you can't see Jesus, then that's a problem. Some of us are status. I'm a supervisor now, and okay, <laughs> you can't you can't see Jesus no more because you're a supervisor, and you can't serve him no more because you're a director. You're Reverend Doctor now. <laughs> Some of our status, we can't see Jesus no more <laughs> because I got my stat I got my doctorate. And theological exposition. Right? I can't see the spirit if you're right in front of my face, but I got my doctorate in, in theological exposition. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's true. We can't see. Because there are blinders that are in our way. Our, our political views. Jesus is not Republican, nor is he Democrat. He's not in the Green Party either. He has his own kingdom. <laughs> Some of us can't see Jesus because of our political affiliation. We got to remove those blinders. Many of us, we have to reposition ourselves. Sometimes you're like Zacchaeus. He was trying to see Jesus, but he couldn't because he was short. So he had to actually get in a tree so he could see Jesus. 
Some of us need to move. <laughs> just move your position. <laughs> Listen, if there's stuff in your way that, that you just got, you, I got to get in the tree. People may look at you funny. Why are you moving? I'm moving because I need to see Jesus. And your big head might be stopping me from seeing Jesus. And so I got to move out. <laughs> I got, sorry, but I got to move. I got to reposition myself. I got to find a different seat because I need to be able to see. People might not like it, but you got to get delivered from people. People, people are not going to like it when you're trying to move forward. That always happens. That's, that's, it's, it's human nature. It's our sinful nature. We don't celebrate people when they move up. We try to put them down. It's, a, it's our sinful nature. But you got to move sometimes. You got to get positioned to be able to see Jesus and what he's doing in your life. I'm closing here. I'm out of time. Listen, God is doing something miraculous in our lives. He is. God is moving. I don't know if you feel it or sense it, but he's moving. Because God doesn't just let time pass and nothing's happening. Time is always passing, but something's always happening. But sometimes we're just too blind to see it. But can you see what God is doing in your life? Can you see it? Can you see what God is doing in your life? And, and when I go to the doctor's office with my daughter, you know, all the people giving the test, they come in and they say, read this, just the basic stuff. And honestly, and I don't really talk to her about it, but when she's reading it and she's getting the letters wrong, I get a little salty. That's my daughter. You know what I'm saying? Baby, that's an O, not a C. No, seriously. I, I want her to get it right. I know it's not a, it's not a you know, her life not going to depend on it, but that's my daughter. You know what I'm saying? And, and my daughter, you know, someone with your eyes, I want I wanted to have it right. And they tell her to put the pinhole in, and when she starts getting more letters, I, I start feeling better. That's, what, that's right, girl. That's right. It's a P, not a D. That's right. Uh-huh, uh-huh. They thought they had you, huh? You got it. Uh-huh, it's a P, not a D. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, I start to get excited. But I realized something, that these are just practitioners. They're just uh, assistants. But then they say the doctor will be in shortly. <laughs> see? <laughs> see? Because that's who I really want to see. You see what I'm saying? I want to see what the doctor has to say. And I got good news for you today. You might be seeing bad, but the doctor is here. <laughs> doctor Jesus is right here. He's able to do some things. <laughs> yeah, just like Jesus, uh, he helped his own disciples to see better. How did he do it? He walked with them, <laughs> and he talked with them, and he helped them along the way. When they messed up, he, he corrected certain things in their life. And I'm here to tell you that Jesus is ready to walk with us. Uh, he's ready to talk with us. Uh, when we're seeing things the wrong way, he's willing to help us to see it correctly. He's willing to, to adjust some things in our life and to move some things out the way and to help some people to go in some situations that happen so that we can start to see some things just a little bit better. Dr. Jesus is in the house. Am I talking to anybody? Somebody needs to see Jesus. Yeah, we've been talking to a whole lot of other folk, and, and they got some knowledge. And your counselor, you know, he has some insight into what's going on in your life. And, and your pastor may be able to speak to some things, but I just want to talk to Jesus. I don't know about you. I just want the doctor, the physician, uh, to bring some healing to me. I want him to touch his hand on me and to lay his hand on my, my eyes so that I can see what he has for this next season of my life. And I, if you 
you just with me, I just want you to stand all over this building. Just begin to just stand all over this building. If you know that you need to see better in this next season, if you know you need to see better in this next season, Maybe you've been calling some things out and you're calling the wrong things out because you're not seeing quite closely. Maybe God's doing some things in your life and you just don't seem like you can see it. God, the physician is here. Jesus is here to touch your eyesight today. He's here to touch your eyesight, to give you some clarity so that you can see better in this next season. I don't know what God has for you, but I know he has something for you. And you need to be able to see it, see it with clarity. And so as an act of faith, I just want you to lay hands on your own eyes and just begin to pray, Jesus, I need you to heal my eyesight. Jesus, I need you to touch my eyesight. Father, touch my right eye in the name of Jesus so that I can see what you're doing right in my life. God, thank you that I can see all the right things that are happening. God, I can see you for who you are. Father, touch my left eye, God, so that I can see that things that need to leave my life can just go ahead. I wish they was already left, God. But just touch my eyesight, oh God, so that I can see you for who you are. I can see that you're wonderful. That I can see that you're marvelous, God. I can see that you're glorious, God. I can see that you're faithful to me, oh God. I can see that you're true, oh God. I can see that you're worthy of honor and glory, God. Give me eyesight that I can see right now in the name of Jesus. God, help me to stay focused on you, oh God. When the enemy would try to distract me to my left and to my right, God, help me to look at you, the perfect image of God himself, God. Let me to look at you, the perfect image of what I need, oh God, in the name of Jesus. And I declare and decree this day, oh God, that our sight is is getting better. It may not be perfect, but my sight is getting better. I'm going to be able to see what I'm going to in this next season. And we thank you, God. We bless you, God. We honor you, God, for better vision. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. Somebody give God praise. Give him honor. Give him glory. Somebody needs to praise God for sight. Come on in here that we can see. <laughs> yeah. If you saved, you already saw salvation. But I'm looking to see healing. Anybody looking to see on another level? I've already saved. I saw salvation, but I'm looking to see healing. Somebody's bound in some stuff. You already saw salvation. Now you want to see some deliverance in your life. You want to see yourself coming up out of those things that tried to hold you down. Somebody needs to see something else. Somebody needs to see prosperity. I've seen poverty, but I'm looking for prosperity in my life. I thank God I can see. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I once was blind, but now I see. Thank you, Jesus. You get wiser when you can see. <laughs> the devil can't fool you like he used to when you can see. The enemy can come all kinds of way, but you can see. He used to slam you from the side because you couldn't see him. But your real vision will be much better when you can see. He used to sneak up on you, but now you can see. I can see now. 
I can see how to lead my family now. I couldn't see before, but I can see how to be the husband I need to be. I can see how to be the father that I need to be. I can see how to serve in the church like I need to. I can see. I can see how to run my business now. I can see. Somebody here today that needs to know the Lord Jesus. Everybody pray. You can be seated if you desire. Somebody here that needs to know the Lord Jesus. You want to confess Jesus. You want to see him as your Savior for the very first time. Somebody under the sound of my voice that needs to be saved, needs to give their life to Jesus. Is there one? Somebody that needs to give their life to Jesus. You want to come and say, I want to be saved. I want to be a child of the Most High. I realize I've been blind to who Jesus is, but today the scales have crawled off my eyes, and I see Jesus as Savior. Somebody want to get saved today? Everybody praying real quickly. We know most everybody, but is there somebody here that wants to give your life to Jesus? Somebody wants to get saved for the first time. Somebody want to give their life to Jesus? Anybody here looking for a church home? You're already saved. You already know the Lord. And you hear him saying to you, this is the place I want you to be. You see it now. The time is now to come. Somebody either wants to get saved. Somebody wants to join this local fellowship. Everybody praying. A few more minutes. Somebody want to get saved. Somebody want to join this local fellowship. Is there one? Is there somebody? Is there one? Everybody content with where they are? Everybody's content with where they are? Everybody can see heaven in view? (laughs) If you can't see heaven, please come on. (laughs) Jesus will light up your life that you can see what you need to see. Everybody content. Amen and amen. Give God praise. Give him glory. We are, we are preparing for baptism. I'll be... Uh, Reading from Matthew 28, chap, Matthew chapter 28, verse 16. Thank you, God. It reads, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mount to which Jesus had directed and made appointment with them. And when he saw And when they saw him, they fell down and worshiped him, but some doubted. Jesus approached and breaking the silence said to them, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go then, excuse me, let me, verse 18, Jesus approached them and breaking the silence said to them, all authority, all power, rule in heaven and on earth has been given to me. 
Go then and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you all the days, perpetually, uniformly, and on every occasion, to the very close and consumption of the end of age. So let it be. Amen. We'll prepare for prayer. Oh, Heavenly Father, we come to you today in this baptism, Lord Father God. Lord Father God, we have Sayana, 15 years of age, and Cassandra, 12 years of age, Lord Father God. They came to confess you as their Lord and Savior, Lord. They came to this morning in baptism class to say that they want the newness of Jesus in their life. They want to be able to speak with their friends about your goodness in their lives, Lord Father God. Lord, they profess that they're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, Lord Father God. Lord Father God, they know and they have repeated to me that they understand that your death, burial, and resurrection and coming back was to save them from the sins of this world, Lord Father God. Lord Father God, we ask you to keep conference around them, Lord Father God. Keep them in your bosom, Lord Father God. Drench them with your holy power, Holy Spirit, Lord Father God. In Jesus' name, amen. you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
as she moves in your spirit. So we thank you and we praise you this day. This day, heaven is rejoicing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Hallelujah. Let's thank God again for those who were baptized. Amen. Keep them covered in prayer. Amen. We're still in summer season. Some are still vacationing things. Enjoy your time with your family. Remember you're the head and not the tail. Above and not beneath. And we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We bless you for this time. We thank you and praise you for just the worship and the word today. God, we ask you to help us to continue to see better. God, you continue to touch us, Lord, so we can see what you're doing in our lives and experience what you have for us to experience. We thank you for your protection and keeping power till we can see each other again. We love you and we love each other. In Jesus' name, amen. Grace and peace.